Mr. Pop. I really like a lot of Billy Joel stuff. They were not friends anymore. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Ready, Mr. Music? It's uh, time for your weekly dose of rock and roll. Uh, my name's Kevin Hillier. With me, as always, Mark Fine. Hello, Finey. Lovely to see you and hear you and be with you. Yeah, lovely. All of the above. And yeah, I'm and just looking forward. I'm looking forward to the person who needs the dose the most. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, also, of course, joining us as he always does, the uh, the inimitable rock star of the trio, uh, the one and only Brian. Mannix, fresh from the Virgin uh, Lounge, where he's been lounging for far too long in the last 48 hours. Hello, Brian. It's bullshit, Kev. It's bullshit, Pony. <laughs> I don't reckon any of them are virgin. <laughs> I had a feeling that might be where you were going with that. Um, uh, no, Finey's not a virgin, and neither am I. Well, difficult weekend for me. Very tired today, and... Um, we can talk about that at a later all, date. All right. Well, let's, let's recap. What what happened, Mannix? Come on, tell us. You were down in Melbourne for a gig and then you just got they, – they, what, they just booted the flight off the schedule? Yeah. So, you know, it's only a 19-hour delay, so that was okay. Uh, fortunately, my beautiful daughter, Casey, grabbed me because I figured I'd just about outweigh, <laughs> outweighed my welcome with my brother and – and uh, Debbie, and um, but yeah, yeah, just and very tiring. And so you know, and I've been saying to everybody today that uh, now I'm just in a prick of a mood today. So uh, excuse me. So I'll say that to you too. Any any uh, reason for the cancellation of the flight? No. Well. I when it was delayed, I said, "Can I go and have a beer?" And they said, "Yeah, the pilot hasn't arrived." Oh, so I went beer, and then I came back and said, "What's going on?" Ah, the pilot's still not here. And then it was, it's off. So, so the, the pilot was the bloke next to me in the bar. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why the whole thing got turned off. Oh. Anyway, um, enough about me, Kevin. <laughs> Uh, how was your week, Finally, What happened? Anything exciting? Yeah, I'm trying to think. No, not really. No? No, it's to the grindstone, just whacking away. Yes, Lenny's fine foods. Those fine foods don't just happen without a whole lot of work in the back room. That's 100% correct. Tell you what, she's a bastard, the old onion soup to make. <laughs> Tastes good, but gee, it's hard to make onion soup. When you're staring at it, when you're staring at one of those giant, Hessian bags full of onions, like with a hundred onions in it. Oh God! And you know you're the bloke that's got to peel them, slice them, brown them. God, you know you've got a lot of work ahead of you. It'll end in tears. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yep, yep. But I must admit, uh, good onion soup is bloody beautiful. Well, there you go. You got to try. Yeah, no, we uh, we do have to try some of Lenny's fine foods, uh, Mister Fine, because uh, I'm I'm salivating at the thought of some of the things that you've talked about on this program that you that you make, and some of the things I've heard from other people that you make. It's good, very good. Well, I was listening yeah, to a, right. I was listening to a podcast, and it's from this little Chinese bloke, and he's got his <laughs> podcast, 
and he talks he talks about going into Lenny's fine foods and you know and he, he sort of taking the piss out of you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That would be a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have three million or thirty million viewers or listeners or whatever. I was thinking when I'm down in Melbourne next, I'm gonna go in. Oh, I miss him. I'm gonna go in and I'll go and talk to him and then oh, I'll come and I'll write down what he says and then I'll send you the script and then we can reenact my encounter. At the oh, thing. I thought I thought you were gonna act as a negotiator to to be able to get Finey and uh, and our friend back together again, sort of some sort of like a you know a mediator, uh, like a, Kevin, know, a, a marriage counsellor type person. Kevin, that would certainly be part of my mission. Oh, how, could, how, how absolutely inappropriate would you be in that uh, situation? Well, no, no, no. No, I, I'm, I'm a healer, Kev. And, uh, <laughs> got, look, go and check my numerology. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I miss him. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, because you're great days. I just get a Christmas message from him or something. Well, maybe Christmas is the time to to make the appeasement between you two, Finey. Maybe uh, maybe you should be the bigger man here and make the make the move. No, no, he he just he runs away from. He won't go near me anymore. No, but I think you've got to go to the wife, mate. I think you've. I think of the problem here. We know where the problem's coming from. I think you've got to go and. Negotiate with the wife that this is just this is not fair to either party. Yeah, well, I'll, I can try that. Or we send or she seems to she seems to lapse into no English. When I'm around, <laughs> or, or or just Warner, we send Mannix in. She doesn't know what she'd be up against. But I used to love being I used to love being admonished by him. Oh, you can go play the pokey. <laughs> go to the TAB, go play pokey. <laughs> I see you. I see you go to the TAB. Goodness me. All right. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, some things that have happened uh, in the in the last seven days. Uh, I love the way you smiled. Hey. What was that? Are you hearing voices, Kevin? <laughs> 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 yeah. I like this dramatic pause thing that we're starting to put into the show. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no. What did you used to call it? Can you used to call it dead air? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if it went for any longer than about yeah, a, a nanosecond, you were already uh, – your hands were going like, uh, you know, Will Robinson, Will Robinson in Lost in Space looking for a button to hit to make some noise happen somewhere. Um, oh yeah, I mean on radio. Well, oh. The first thing I was told was you just can't have any dead air. Yep. Then I was told, now here's five hours. Go fill it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now the tech. I must say, I, I don't think it's just me. The technical standards of modern radio are appalling in terms of the amount of times I hear, uh, not just uh, the, the the talk stations, but music stations as well. Go off the air. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they go off the air quite a bit, don't they? Yeah, they do. Um, some, of the, some of the best radio I've heard, I've heard in recent, well, recent months. Well, a friend of mine was telling me yesterday when I was talking to him about a recent uh, event at a, a particular sports station um, that um, that lost program, and so the the young man who was in charge of the uh, uh, the establishment at the time 
uh, one of the satellite stations, decided he would play some of his favourite songs from YouTube while um, while while they were kind of working out which plug had fallen out or which person had fallen over or why there was no noise coming from where it should have come from. So there was a selection of Jimi Hendrix uh, doing Star Spangled Banner, screaming out over the top of this very, <laughs> very conservative, um, uh, older, older targeted uh, sports station. You imagine how that went down. Jeez. I love it. Mm. Yeah, I, thought, I, I would have been pissing myself laughing too if I did, I must admit. I've been listening to a bit of um, uh, Fox uh, Radio, Fox News Radio. On you know you get, you can listen to any radio station in the world. Oh right, okay. So American Fox News Radio. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and um, I'm surprised, and, and the BBC World News, how often they have dead air. But Fox News Radio, the guy's still talking, and there's an ad going. Well, they've got two lots of, you know, they've got the ad going while he's still talking. Ah, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's you know Australian radio standards are probably a lot better than. No, I heard that exact thing on Sat last Saturday morning. I was driving down listening to the ABC, and while the ABC uh, program with Matt Preston was on, and they were talking to um, uh, Dasher and uh, and Luke Saville about tennis, the news person came over the top of them. Um, I think she was pre-recording her, her next news bulletin, and uh, that just was straight over the top of everything they were doing. Then she'd stop and stuff it up. Then she'd start again. Then she'd stop. Start, then she'd start again. I was, <laughs> I was waiting for the you know what to happen for you, <laughs> for what would happen if you know you or I or Finey were um, were doing it, and we go you know. And another news today from the Kremlin, uh, Vladimir Putin. Vlad- Vlad- oh, f- um, and in other news today, Vladimir, but she didn't do it. She, I don't know whether that's a, a testament to her and uh, the fact that she was re-recording some stuff and not saying words, but I'm sure if it had been any of us three, it could have been colourful. Well, I remember the first, the first thing I was ever told on radio is once you step in the studio, a microphone's, or the microphone is always hot. Yep, yep. So I, it and I said, "No, it isn't. It's fucking cold." <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love the uh, the footballers and the people who walk into studios and start. Oh, yeah, you went over there. We went to the fight, and you, and you just look at them going, "You know, this is a like, you know, a live studio, and any one of these microphones could be on." And the look on their face when they realise that is like, "Oh my god! Uh, oh, okay, And then five seconds later, yeah, it's funny. It's funny what a microphone does to somebody. Like you get somebody come in, sports person, contributor, whatever, ex-footballer. How's your weekend? Yeah, fantastic. Blah blah blah. Did you see the footy? Yeah, it was great, etc. And as soon as you turn the microphone on, they start speaking a different language. <laughs> like whenever you ask a question, they whenever you ask a question, they can't say the word yes. Like they'll ask a question, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> well, what happened if you're saying yeah? yeah. What, 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 have a listen to how many people on radio, you know, start putting on these airs and graces. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Sit there, sit there. It's like the kid with, yes, kid with his hair done completely perfectly, you know, and then you, you feel like you want to lean across the table and go, and just muss it up a bit. Correct. At this, at this yeah. point in time, 
it's more important to say at this point in time rather than now. Bit of think music. <laughs> well, you know, people don't say, now what we're going to do is this. They say, at this point in time, we are going to endeavour to do this. It's just jargon. Yeah. But they're really saying now. Yeah. But they go, at this point in time, well, there's a whole lot of shit like that. People use words to make themselves sound more educated and they're not. Yeah. Yes. It's really not and of course, my best and, and of course there's the and of course there's the great made up word that actually isn't a word, but people use it all the time. Which one? Yes, I'm in a, I'm in agreement with that. Is there no such word as agreeance? No. Oh, there you go. Just made up. Yeah, I'm not, no word It's not. It's not a word I use, but I didn't know that wasn't there wasn't such a word. I thought the I thought Steve Miller had the. Uh, uh, the uh, sort of market cornered on making up words that no one knew, you know, he was the pompatus of that particular genre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the pompatus of love. I, I concur. Oh, do you? Oh. I concur. Yeah. You know, there's a bit of absolutely language isn't there. Like you just say, yeah, you're right. And, you know, I think the best language is an economy of words that gets the point across as quickly and as possible as, as possible. Can I? So, at this point in time, rather than now, you know, I, yeah, come on, people, we got other shit to do than listen to a longer sentence. No, so you've you've missed the missed the point of the, the most of the people who are on radio that they, they like they want to hear the sound of their own voice. Well, a lot of what they well, do is a lot of. Yeah, well, a lot of yeah, narring and just oh. extending an answer, elongating it, is to give people that aren't really au fait with thinking and talking very quickly, which radio requires. And, and to be honest, it's not necessarily what people are comfortable. So those sort of even umming and ahhing and that is just a way to give yourself an opportunity opportunity to think about what you're going to say next. It's yeah. not that easy just to talk off the cuff continuously. So a lot of dragging out a sentence is done to help people prepare for the next thing they're going to say. Which oh, no doubt. Of course, runs contrary to the fact that contrary to the fact that a lot of the next thing that comes out of their mouth is absolute crap anyhow. <laughs> so they haven't really thought very hard. Um, <laughs> which, but, but the new, the new you get about it too. Oh, sorry. The news Hello? is pretty too. We cross now to Peter Watson out there where we've just heard that three people have been swamped in a flood and they're still trying to determine whether the people are alive or they're dead. Peter, what's going on out there? Well, we're standing here and we're still trying to determine whether yeah. the three people have died. Oh, God, people shit me, especially to go on, boys, entertain them. The, I'm just the grumpy little bugger tonight. Is, is oh, that shit, chap. Well, it's Christmas, Brian. Dude, stop, stop in the Grinch and then you know, get the Christmas spirit into you and, uh, you know, lift your game. This is our Christmas. Here's what, here's what I don't understand. This, is, is Brian dropping out or is it my phone? Brian's on three-second delay. It's okay. 
he's he's expecting the sh- he, he's expecting the show to be cancelled any minute now, and ten Virgin operators come and escort him out of the building. No, that's fair enough. Now, what I want to know is how come you know that expression that people use? Oh, we're we're trying to get more eyeballs onto, you know that term eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So can we refer to needing to get more earlobes? Yes. <laughs> yes, we're looking to increase. But what part of the ear are we? Are we drums? At? Drums. I think we want yeah. more eardrums. We need more eardrums. Mm. You know, and it's- I mean, is that really what advertisers want? They say they want more eyeballs. I'd like to just go in there with a bucket full of sheep's eyeballs and <laughs> say, "Well, this is what you want. You said you wanted eyeballs. Here they are. Here you go. Yeah. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, careful what you wish for." Uh, how did the gig go on the weekend, Brian? You played the Shepherd, and I think with um, with uh, Timmy Henwood. Uh, yes, I did, and um, what a great band! They're fantastic. Androids, and, yeah. Oh, they're terrific. They're so good. Um, well, it was interesting. I played on uh, Friday night in Druin, and that was a big outdoor thing too. But it was so cold. The wind. It was like. You know, I would have left after two songs if it was me, but God bless them, they all stayed and <laughs> think it was freezing. And, you know, and, and there was, you know, a few of us on stage, you know. But, um, what was, what was, Friday, was Friday night a, um, an 80s or was it Android? Yeah, it was the 80s. Okay. And uh, I'd actually give myself best on ground for that one, um, you know, and I don't Good normally – like to do that, but I'm going to balance that because then the next night I'm at uh, Shepparton with the androids, and they're just magnificent. And um, I'd actually give myself the Wagga Word for that one. Worst on ground, I had a few moments with them. What the hell is the words here? And <laughs> I did dance well. I look, I don't think that um, people in the audience would have noticed it. Probably at all, but for me, I, as we've spoken once before, I wasn't happy with myself. We got a great reception, but I just felt that I could have done a little bit better, as I am feeling tonight. As I felt. So no, anyway. no Billy, no Billy Joel about your performance on Saturday night. What did Billy Joel do besides well, beat? Six thousand people at the MCG, Brian. They, you know, not to be scoffed at. I, yeah. ev- I reckon everyone I know was there except me and probably you two. You would have heard it from your house, finally, I would assume. No, oh, no, I had a Harper's sixteen-year-old. My daughter turned sixteen. She had a birthday party. Ah, that's right. You wouldn't heard anything. Of which was the arrival of the police halfway through. <laughs> Did, really? Yep. Well, why did they arrive? Uh, some neighbour complained about the volume of the music. The police were good about it. They said, oh, that, you know, just turn it down a bit. She'll be right. But we had got Harper so scared that any underage drinking and we'd be liable for up to $11,000 per kid. Harper saw the police at the front gate, oh. ran and collected a few cans of, of alcoholic pop or whatever they were drinking. Stormed inside with it, burst into tears. They're going to bankrupt my parents. <laughs> oh no, poor thing. That's terrible. Was there it was any sort of a weird party? Because 
you know, it's a weird party because we, we, we provided an ice cream cake, a slushy machine and Kirk's lemonade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at 16, kids are going to, you know what kids are like at 16, you know what we were like at yep. 16. Yep. Yeah, so I, I, I just sort of said, look, I'll turn a blind eye to a, I don't know what the modern version of a UDL is. I said, but I'm not going to have kids swigging, swigging from bottles of vodka or So the kids were actually very respectful. Nobody brought any hard liquor, you know, but they snuck in a few of these cans or whatever. Yep. But what are you going to do? Tell them no. They're just going well, to go out and- Let's be honest. We lovingly referred to those UDLs and all that stuff as lolly water. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know what they're drinking, but none of them got- Blind drunk, none yeah. of them were stupid, none of them. They all were very respectful, very they were told not to come in the house. So was the complaint from the neighbour about the, the level of the <laughs> was the complaint about the level of the uh, music or the type of music? I think the lyrics might have been a bit <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> now can you I interject here for a moment? I think that your daughter's party is Got a bad rap here. I believe that it would have. There was been, a lot of bad rap being played at the party. Well, I don't think that's the issue, though. I think it would have been the rampant Billy Joel fans leaving the concert out of control because Billy's worked them up into a frenzy. And before you know it, they're kicking down shit, ripping paleys off fences and fighting everybody. Would that be a fair estimation, Mark? <laughs> no, no, I think, I think the <laughs> middle-aged crowd wandered back to their cars and their mobility scooters and went home. <laughs> but I do, I do know what did happen because I saw this on, I don't know, YouTube or something, uh-huh. all around Melbourne on public transport, trains and trams full of people were singing, singing Billy Joel songs oh, wow. on the way home. There you go. Like the entire, oh. like, you know, they sing singing Piano Man and stuff and the entire tram would break out in song. I bet they would. So they must have enjoyed it, Brian. Fire, all of those words, nobody would know all of them. Oh, yes, they do. Troy's Antak does. He sings it off by yeah. heart. It's very good. I, I was actually the, the one thing I noticed. All the people that I know that went, all God knows, all posted a video of it. And in every one of the videos they posted, they're all singing louder than I can hear Billy Joel singing from the stage on the on the video. So I wondered why they even bothered to go there. They may have well just been better off saved their three hundred bucks for a nosebleed seat in the back of the MCG stand and all sung on the tram on the way home. But isn't that a blessing, Kev, when you can't hear Billy Joel? No, no. see, I won't cop that because I, I like a lot of Billy Joel stuff. I, I really like a lot of Billy Joel stuff. All right, then we're not friends anymore. <laughs> You're going to do a Tony Soprano to me. You're dead to me, Kev. <laughs> and I, like, I mean, I like a lot of the earlier stuff I like, like Miami, Miami 2017, like scenes from an Italian restaurant, uh, like uh, Billy the Kid, Captain Jack, some of that, a lot of that early stuff. The poppy stuff that the radio killed, I agree with you, is now very hard to listen to. No, look, I admire. He's he's a very talented musician. He's written some great songs. Just the road that he drove down with his style of music isn't the road that I want to go down. Um, 
it's just a different, you know, yeah. you know, he's great. He's very talented, but it's not my cup of tea. Yep. I'd rather I'd rather have a, you know, glass of vodka with Keith Richards. You do you'd rather have a, you know, slide uh that that sort of band rather than yeah, point yeah. with slide, you'd have a, a, a a shot of vodka and a joint with Keith Richards. Um, probably have a joint with the Beatles or maybe some acid. Um, you know, I guess it's your drug of choice. And Billy ain't got anything going for it. Well, didn't didn't Billy have a fairly unhealthy cocaine problem at one stage? Well, no, it was very healthy. Swims <laughs> <laughs> right down. That was he looked terrific. When he had that cocaine problem, Trim's right. He <laughs> uh, was doing really working out. He just bullshitted and said, "Yeah." You know, I was watching. You'll enjoy. You'll enjoy this, Brian. I've been watching quite a few sort of these cartoons that are made more for adults than kids on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And there's one called Chicago Party Aunt. It's oh. quite good. And she said what this it? line in it. She said this line in it. Um, she was invited to some party, and she said, "And they, she said, is there going to be any coke at the party?" And the guy said, "Lots." And she said, "And she said, lots, like, like normal people, lots, or lots like Stevie Nicks' bathroom floor." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. That's, oh, that's a good line. Chicago what party aunt. All right. Yeah. All right. I was now, thinking of you when she's. Oh, Brian, his obsession oh. with Stevie Nicks. Anyway, um, the chart this week is from uh, January 20, 1973. The top 10, let me go through that with you. Number 10, there are too many saviors on my cross by Richard Harris. Nine, Seal with a Kiss by Bobby Vinton. Oh, yeah. Eight, Rainbow on the River, We'll Meet Again by Jamie Redfern. Seven, Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me by Mac Davis. Six is Popcorn by Hot Butter. Five is Mouldy Old Doe by Lieutenant Pigeon. Four is I Can See Clearly Now by Johnny Nash. Three is The Happiest Girl in the Whole USA by Donna Fargo. Two is You're a Lady by Peter Skellen. And Ben by Michael Jackson was the number one song January 20, 1973. Now, we've circled around this chart from later in the year and from – at the end of 72. So some of the songs in this chart we have talked about previously, but there's enough other ones in there for us to have a fair crack, I reckon, later in the program. Who do you has got a fair crack? What? No, I didn't say that, Brian. Uh, okay. Cricket. Australia and uh, South Africa starts on Saturday. Finally, this will be a much better contest than that very much one-sided debacle that just happened against the West Indies. That wasn't really... Look, it didn't promise much and it didn't deliver anything, but you know what was underrated given how poor West Indies bowling was in the first test and then by the end how terrible their batting was? You know what's hidden in all of that? No. Take this take this one to the bank. Take this to the bank. This guy's not a bad cricketer. Craig Braithwaite is the worst captain I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, he knows nothing about captaincy. He knows not where to put a field. He knows not where to – he knows nothing. He just 
he, he was bowling the wrong bowlers constantly, and then he just got stuck on bowling Royston face because what we wanted to see him oh. get north for nine hundred. I mean, he just is the. He had this guy as Ari Joseph, and he was bowling him like a change bowler. But he was there. He has no idea what he's doing, Craig Braithwaite. I am telling you, he's. I played club cricket, park cricket, whatever cricket. He's one of the worst. He's the worst captain I've ever seen. He's clueless. I have to ask the question: Why was Jason Holder given the flick for him? I think because he's the best player in the team, Braithwaite. You know they. They've been doing this for a while now. You know, he's a very good batsman. I'm uh, quite impressed by his batting. And he's really good at saying, how's that? <laughs> Braithwaite, he's terrific at that. Oh, okay, yeah. Braithwaite. And he's, got, oh, yeah. and he's got a song in his cart. Yeah, but they don't call him Braithwaite. They call him Craig Brathwaite. Brathwaite, yes. Craig Rath- Brathwaite. Brathwaite. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd have to say I'd agree with you. They were they, – they weren't – They've got some talent in that team, but they are just such a rabble um, that they've got yeah. no chance. And and how a captain wouldn't walk up to a couple of those blokes and just settle them down when they were batting and say, "No, don't be playing those shots. You'll get out. You'll be here for three balls, and you'll be out if you play like that." Three balls later, they're out. Yeah. You go. What are you doing? Yeah, no, but you know what I will miss. I will miss Brian Lara. I was listening to like Triple M's commentary, which mm. I thought was quite good. Yeah. He told this very funny story about going out on Friday nights in Trinidad. He, you know, he talks a bit like Mike Tyson. He goes, yeah, well, you know, I play golf in the afternoon. Then I go home for a sleep. About 11 o'clock I get up salsa night and we go out to the bars and I do salsa, you know, we do salsa dancing. Oh. And then he goes, and they go, and they go do, you, do you eat it all? He goes, I have a bit of fried food after golf and then I have I, – we we get a boat to you at about five o'clock. And they go, oh, that's before you go to bed. He goes, no, five a.m. <laughs> and he goes, and they go, what? You're up at five a.m. He goes, oh yeah, yeah. We we get something to eat, then we go back, do some more salsa dancing, go to a private house. And they said, how long have you been how how long have you been doing that for? Like he's in his fifties now. And he goes, well, I started when I was 14 and I got no plans to stop. <laughs> I think he's married. Yeah, I, well, he would have gone to the Vivian oh, Richards School of Party. Sounds like a pretty carefree life. Yeah, he would have been, he would have been at the Viv Richards School of Party. Yeah. Viv, yeah. Viv knew how to but do. He, he said he caught up with a cricketer that he played with in England or something, a guy by the name of Butler, and they were good mates. And this guy came to Trinidad and he said, said to him, he goes, Look, come out, have a great time, but please don't try dancing. <laughs> <laughs> he reckons, he reckons, you know, that he's got a few teammates from England that have come out, and everybody loves them till they hit the dance floor. <laughs> because I don't want to, I don't want to bring race into it, but, but oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> pasty white English uh, cricketers yeah. can't dance. No great surprise there. Yeah, that's what he was. That's what he was getting. But if, um, I quite enjoyed his commentary. He was more more self-effacing and funnier than I thought he would be. I didn't hear him on the radio. I heard him on the TV, a bit of the Foxtel stuff he was doing on TV, and he didn't seem comfortable, to be honest. I don't know whether it was the people they'd put him with that he, he didn't yeah, no, on the radio, he, yeah. Yeah. He was, he, he, yeah, he didn't yeah, seem no, terribly no. comfortable. No, on radio. Now, Brian, World Cup 
Have you been? Uh, have yeah. you followed it till this final four bit, or did you lose interest after the Socceroos bobbed out? No, no, no. I'm, I'm loving it, but um, just uh, life has worked against me in the World Cup and over the last little bit. Um, I believe Morocco was through. Is, yep. is that correct? They're playing France in the semi. That was good. And um, Portugal's out. Is that right? Yep. Argentina's playing Croatia in the other semi. Look, I reckon um, I've liked what I've seen in Croatia. I reckon they could be a little bit of a dark horse. They're probably paying about seven bucks fifty. Um, I don't know. I'm just guessing. But um, they made the final last time. They they played France in the final last time. I think. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. So this time it's personal. Like Jaws 2 or Jaws 3. This time it's personal. Yeah, that's it. Who do you fancy, Fanny? You, you think France, France, you would think France should beat Morocco. You'd think so, but Morocco seem to have garnered great belief in each victory. You know, yeah, but it's, I've seen Minos make the semi finals before. Remember South Korea made the semi finals once. Look, before the tournament, I did tip Argentina, so I'm sticking with that. Yep. Lionel Messi could be Why the not? could get a World Cup. Uh, I reckon they'll beat Croatia, and I think France. So it'll be an Argentina France final, I reckon, and hopefully that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. No, that'd be a great final. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is, right. is Lionel Messi going to play for David Beckham's team in Florida after this? Have we heard anything about that? I haven't seen anything. Mm, okay. No, I haven't. But it will all be about money. You heard money. it here first, folks. <laughs> Might not be true, but you heard it here first. Okay. It would all be about money. At this at this stage of Messi's career, I would imagine he's probably pretty well set up, but if he's looking for the icing on the cake, he's probably going to get it now somewhere. Mm. We won't yeah, see I don't think we'll see much more of uh, Ronaldo uh, around the traps. He's obviously out of the EPL and he doesn't seem to be a very hot commodity around the rest of the uh, soccer universe. Well, well time's come. Yeah. And, you know, brilliant career. Oh, God, when he was playing for Manchester United uh, in the first stint, I thought he was, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Oh yeah, brilliant career. Yeah. I mean, did you did you know that Lionel Messi's when Lionel Messi played for Argentina against Australia, that was his one thousandth senior game of football. God, do you know how many goals he scored in one thousand games? Is it six hundred and something? Am I right? Eight hundred and seven. Eight hundred and seventy-three. Good God, that's that's not far off. That's not far off an, a goal a game, which is a staggering statistic. There are some clubs that can't achieve that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. What uh, a prick! <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to think of the most inappropriate thing I could say, and that was it. Uh, what about the uh, AFL fixture that's come out and uh, we've seen uh, a little dribble of a few other – the first round came out when the Socceroos played that Sunday morning and then they've dribbled a few um, other little bits and pieces. We still haven't sort of seen the whole fixture yet that I'm aware of. Or we've, uh, what we've seen, we haven't seen it. It's not all nailed down. Well, they've got, the whole, f- 
The whole fixture's out. Yeah, but there's it's a fl- the there's still a floating part of it, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. round five's that Adelaide round. That's the gather round. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yes. It's called the gather round. So I know St Kilda's playing Collingwood. Yes. Up in, in the hills somewhere, I think, isn't it? I think that's one of the – it's not one no, of the – football park, I think. Oh, is that one of the double-headed they, games? Where did they steal this idea from? Rugby League. Oh, okay. It's called the Magic Round in Rugby League, and they run the it at uh, Suncorp Stadium, and they, over, I think, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, play all the games at Suncorp. They're really starting to shit me the AFL. <laughs> Try and dominate all the time. They just won't coexist. Well, I'm looking forward to the weekend that I mean, salutes Brownlow medals. Got a better name than the Gather Round. Oh well, you know that that that's I, I don't know where that. Uh, apparently, now you know this better than Brian and I because you have I have one teenage son, but you have you have teenage daughters, and apparently that's a that's a quite an expression with uh, the youth of today is the Gath. So you have the gav, Is it? and they've they've uh, lengthened that to the gather round. Oh, great! I mean, if it's going to be in, in Adelaide, surely they could do better than that. What do you? What, what have you got a suggestion? Footy. Round. What about footy? No, it could be the bogan round or. <laughs> Or the serial killer round. Oh, no, stop it now. There's no games in Snowtown, so you can't you can't just If you want to get some numbers there, it's nude round. There you go. Concept. Yeah. And that's one of the few occasions I could rather go and watch the girls play footy than the men. I'm not hundred percent sure about that. But you rather go watch the men playing in the I nude. didn't say that. Did I say that? Uh, you insinuate it? No, no, I didn't. I just said I would. I would need to. I would need to have some deep thought about that particular opportunity should it ever arise, well, Brian. I would, go, I would go and watch. I would go and watch the AFL in the mood. What about the players? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying just me. <laughs> um, but I guess if the blokes were playing with no clothes on. It had sort of, you'd have to redefine great tackle. Great tackle! <laughs> I'm not that impressed. I'm not that impressed. And it. wouldn't be going, ball! Ball! It would be a quandary for the uh, spectators, wouldn't it, uh, not being able to say that? It would be more suspect yeah. about pushing the back or you just leave his back alone, all right? Um, yeah, there's probably a few things there that um, – nice grab. Uh, nice grab. Well, you talk dead about eyes, the dead eye, uh, dead eye dick. Yeah, yeah, well, you couldn't be that, could you, in front of God? Well, you could be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely could be. Shepherd. So so what, what would you still call it a behind, a point? Ah, <laughs> All those yeah. things. There's all those. The, the, Brian, you've got to think of these ramifications when you come up with an what, idea like the nude round. What do you call a drop punt now? What do you call a torpedo? Probably drop punt and torpedo. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think so. What do you call a good fist out? <laughs> he fist. <laughs> yeah, that would that wouldn't be good if for two two naked men are going for a ball in the goal square and he's, oh, he's fisted oh, that he, one. That's not gonna. That's not gonna work well. Not a problem. No, this this. I don't know why you thought of this, Kev, but I think oh, this hang on. Football idea of yours is um, probably flawed with danger. Yeah. Well, I want them to do the round where they uh, commemorate the winners of Brownlow medals and Liston medals and call it the Barry round. I want to have that put into the schedule somewhere next year for my mate Baz. That makes sense. Well, it makes more sense than the bloody yeah, gather yeah, round, too. doesn't it? The gather Where's round. the veterans yeah. round? The veterans uh, round? On Sanzac Day. Oh, sorry. They've mm. got that covered. Yeah, we've got that covered. Oh, we've got a round. We've got a round for everything, haven't we? Now we've got a gather round. Round five, we'll the gather round. It, it just sounds to me like a children's story. It's like, gather round, gather round, kiddies. Here we go, gather round. And I can see Kevin. Thank you, Miss Alina. Mark. <laughs> the Rock. Her and Alice Cooper on the same show, Kev. Yeah. Uh, was, now, was it her and Alice or was it Alice and Jamie Redfern and her and Johnny oh, Rotten? No, Johnny Rotten and Johnny Rotten. Yeah. And... And her and Miss Alina, uh-huh. yes, it was Miss Alina, and it magic. was it was our mate Jamie Redfern, who's in number what number seven or something in this chart, number eight in this chart from tonight, uh, and Alice Cooper in a show together. And the current life of Brian, I'll just give it a plug. What we've got is uh, John O'Hurley, who was Jay Peterman in Seinfeld. We've had a chat to him. We've had a chat to Dave Mason, that uh, very talented English musician who was with Traffic in the early days, and then went to uh, to America and uh, and wrote that classic song, Feeling All Right. So we have a chat to him too. So good episode of Life of Brian. But back to rock and roll. Mm. Uh, black Arm Bands this week, Kirsty Alley passed away at the age of 71 uh, from mm. Cheers. Yeah, and that was sad. Was talking. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it's really funny, There's, but it's turned into something of a political thing in America because – a fairly outspoken uh, political person, as a lot of American actors and performers are, and uh, there was uh, seemingly a almost a boycott suggested by some people because of her political um, affiliations that people didn't uh, come out and say how sad they were that she passed because they didn't agree with the politics. How bloody how bloody narrow minded and stupid is that? And uh, Nick Bolateri passed away at the age of ninety one. The tennis coach. Yes. Man who, who bought there you go. a whole series of people out of that uh, almost like a little tennis factory he had going in Miami uh, where he was teaching all the, bring all the, a lot of the Russian girls in particular over and turning them into little tennis machines. And I think, my memory serves me right, I think at one stage Mark Philippoussis might have gone there for a short time um, when he was, I think when just before he got into those US Open finals. Mm. So mm. all those, those that's mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's uh, that. Uh, now, anything uh, finally? Have you got a story this week or not? Uh, I haven't. I didn't ask you to to have one, so I'm not sure if you do have one or not. So I've just I'm, I'm replacing my sporting oddity this week mm-hmm. with an upgrade on the sex room. Oh, here we go. Because it's not, well, you know, it's one thing having an idea of what you want to put in a sex room. But it's another thing being able to do it because 
you know, where, where, where I live, we're renting. Mm. And, uh, you well, know, that's, that's problematic to, to building a sex room in any house, I would have thought. What, are, you, yeah. are you telling yeah. me that the people you're renting off got a problem with you building a giant vagina in their house? That's ridiculous. Well, I've had a look at the rental agreement and it doesn't state that I cannot make alterations of a sexual nature to any room. But mm-hmm. I did want to bolt some harnesses into the ceiling. Right. Which I may not be able to do because oh. of the nature of the ceilings being plaster. Oh, so, okay. So it's, a, so it's a structural issue. I, I do have structural problems, but, yeah, <laughs> I mean. God knows you've got other problems, funny. Don't worry about your structural problem. I think I think I I think I think from looking at the rental agreement, I I think I think I should be a, I should be still able to import my giant inflatable labia lips. Oh god. They are of okay. course. Of course. Okay. Every rental agreement has that in it. What's wrong with mm-hmm. you? Yeah. But the emergency exit sphincter may not be allowed to be <laughs> Oh, that God knows is that going to be the that'll be the legal sticking point as they like to call it so often. Yeah, because I, I mean, in the fine print it said all external sphincters must be made of approved material. Yeah, I had that when I bought it. I was in a flat in in, in Toowoomba in 1974. They had that in there. The same thing. So, yeah, bugging up my sex life like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, so I mean, I was hoping to. Bring the latest latex sphincter <laughs> in from Denmark. <laughs> well, it's like those frontages that, that you get from China. They just burn like hell and kill all those people in London and stuff. If you're going to build a giant vagina, you don't want to get those cheap flammable materials from China. You want to go to Denmark or well, that's Germany. it. I mean, the, emer- the emergency the emergency exit. Yes. Sphincter, known as, you know, I mean, they're known for quality and they, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be in a situation where somebody's trapped in the vulva and they can't use the sphincter. Of course, of course. Perfectly. Uh, na- that was a Stephen King film, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I've got the gushing slide. Yes, That's yes. okay. Right. Yep. Yes, that, that'll work. The water's like I mean you can get that you you can get them at bun you can get them at bunny. Yeah. They had one on your plane today, Brian. You're flying Virgin. Virgin's got always got one of those. And that's bullshit. <laughs> All right. Have you ever sat on an aeroplane where they've asked you where you're sitting at that door and they say, Are you willing in the case of an emergency? I did, did it today. Yeah. Oh, you did it today. You know. You know what I, I say when I when you know what I say when they ask me that. Hey. What? I say I say to them, okay. Are you willing in the case of uh, this plane not landing on time, going and opening my shop for me and working there for two hours? <laughs> yeah, that would go down really well. There you go, f*** yourself. Man, your own emergency doors. Are you willing? If we're about to crash, are you willing to become an employee of this airline? Not bloody likely. Um, so you you said yes today, Brian. Why? 
Well, because it gave me more uh, foot room and they got me out of the middle seat into the outside uh-huh. seat. And, you know, and, you know, I'm an accommodating kind of guy, Kev and Mark, and um, I said to them, are you willing to cooperate and help? And I said, of course I am. And I said, if anything goes wrong with one of the pilots, I'm happy to land oh. this, ba- bring this baby down for you as well. Right. No offence, Brian. <laughs> no, no, no offence. Now that I know you, I'd, I'd trust you with my wife. I mean my life. But <laughs> uh, definitely not my wife. Because um, she likes it. <laughs> She's got some stupid childhood crush on you. Um <laughs> God bless her. No, no, no. But I'm saying before I met you, if I was on an aeroplane and the announcement came across where we've lost engines one, two, and four, we're flying on one engine, and that's and that's not made in Denmark. Um, so if I if I knew that the plane was in severe trouble oh. and I looked over and saw you manning the emergency exit, you know what I'd do? Jump. I'd turn around to the air hostess and say, get your knickers off, we're going for it because <laughs> I'm telling you, I've just had a look at the I've just had a look at the um the the, the safety officer with <laughs> And hang on a minute, Fanny, because I would have opened the door, the plane's diving down, I've opened the what, door I've been quite courageously climbed out on the wing. And pretty much like yourself, pulled the flaps up and saved the day. Right. Well, I don't know where to go. It's like an episode of Twilight Zone. Yeah, it is. Remember the the, on the the wing? Yeah, that's right. I remember that. The small, he's the small elf type rock star on the wing, saving all and sundry. I'm not that is, <laughs> keep I'm, covering, boys. Keep covering. <laughs> I don't think that's going to ever happen. Thank goodness. Could you imagine? I told you I was sick and I'm sad. Yeah, I know. You're cranky, Mr. Cranky Pants today, all right? I've had eight hours sleep in five days. Come on. There you go. Maybe a bit more. Well, you know, that's not my fault, so we're going to move on to the chart now. The 1973 chart from January 20, 1973. Just a final thing. Final thing. Sorry. Yeah. Final thing on the sex room. Yeah. There is some good news, despite the delays. Yeah. I have been able to land. 500 litres of cherry-flavoured lube cheaply in Australia. So Ooh. make of that what you will. Cherry-flavoured. Beautiful. And not touching that with a 40-foot pole. Yeah, the problem. only problem is it's non it Non-edible? Okay. Non-edible. Yeah. I don't know why it's cherry-flavoured. It's non-edible. Yes. But the best part is it's highly flammable. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, all right, Mr. Fine, grab the chart. No, mate. The best part is it was cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoken like a true shop owner in North Caulfield. Now, Finey, good, bad, 1973, January 20. Uh, there's some there's some Fedigam, very ordinary songs on this chart, and there's a couple of beauties, but there's some Fedigam ordinary ones. Fedigam unbelievable. Mr. Fine, what have you got at number three? All right, number three. First of all, the colour of this chart was gave me gave me three day migraines. So yeah, thanks for that. Speaking of cherry flavoured, it's a cherry flavoured chart, and it's also not edible. Yeah, number three, bad. All right, I'm going to I'm going to come straight out and say this. I fucking hate Donna Fargo. Fair enough. She might be the happiest girl in the whole USA, but 
boy, oh boy. I'm embarrassed that in Australia that got to number three. I mean, she sings like an extra from Green Acres. <laughs> I'm the happiest girl in the whole USA. Yes. I mean, really. Yeah, they're pathetic. Yep. And she, had another, terrible, she had another song called song. Funny Face, which was even actually worse than that. Hello. That used to be a good little... There used to be a lollipop called Funny Face. It was a little pink lollipop, and when you sucked it, sherbet came out of it. Oh, okay. Band. One of those heads from Easter Island. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, they were good. Sucked their face off. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Anyhow, terrible song. Yes, it is a terrible, terrible song. I terrible, terrible, terrible song. Righto. Number three, good. Whereas my number three, good, is a really good song. Russell Morris, Wings of an Angel. I don't need to say any more. Wings of an Eagle. That is a well, very good do. song. It's wings End of an Eagle. Wings, wings of an Eagle. End communicate. Yep. Excellent song. No no argument from uh, me on uh, I, well, either of those two. No, I, I like Wings of an Eagle very much. Yep, yep. Sitting sitting up there on my I list of good ones. Yeah, Wings of an Angel, but I'm happy with Wings of an Eagle. Yep. No, good song, really good song, and he sings it really well, Russell. On, on that, now you, you, now you had uh, you had lunch with him of recent times because he lives not far from you in the the little neck of the woods that you're now aboding in. Uh, he's living up in heaven with me too, yeah, and uh, we're having a lovely time, and it's all good. Okay. Um, all right, now I'm going to agree with Finey, and I'm going to have Wings of an Eagle as my number three good. Because I think it's great, and they use it at the end of the dish. I think, yeah, in the movie dish. Yep, and you know, you sort of forgotten about the song, and it comes on at the end of that movie, and you go, "Oh yeah, wow, this is even better than I remembered it as." Yeah, the, mo- so, the music in that movie was good too, really good. Now, because I'm so tired, Kev. Oh, here we go. At little sleep, mm. I'm just randomly tell you that. Number 14. Number 14. Hang on, I'll get to number 14 on the chat here as I pull up my glasses and I have a look at number 14 is Mama, We're All Crazy Now by Slade. That's also, that's my number two good. Yeah. I'll yes. you with the two bad next time, next round. Okay, all right. Uh, I, I hate Donna Fargo. I'm with you, Fanny. I can't stand I uh, Seriously, one of those people who just go, you, out now, don't open your mouth, shut up and get out. Um, you know, if, you know, and the thing is, if she stood up in my breakfast cereal tomorrow, I'd drown her in the milk. <laughs> you know what? And I'd help you because I just, I uh, with a passion, because I had to play that song because the, the bad news is it not only got to number three, it got to number one. Uh, it certainly was number one in, in oh, the God. radio station I was uh, where I worked, um, and it's well, just an awful, 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 awful song. I started in radio in February of 1973, so I walked into a radio station in Longreach where that thing, I'm sure, was number one, and I had to play it, and I hated the bloody thing. Okay, let's just recap here. Kev, you hated it. Mark, yeah. you want to pour milk over her head? Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I want to give her a bit of sugar. <laughs> oh, go away, Brian. Oh, goodness me. Ah, oh, I've been a bit of a cornflake, but hell, 
what the heck, I love her. She's a, she's my number three bad, yep, awful song. Awful, 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 awful song. My number three good is I think the first song I played ever on the radio, um, uh, you know, on the proper radio, uh, you know, when it was actually a, a job and they said, here you go, here's the keys to the, the radio station. Kevin, here's the first song you're playing. It was Go All The Way, Brother Raspberries. And uh, that has a special place in my heart. And I also think it's – Good little pop song. Good little rat-a-tat pop song. Well, the, probably the best thing Eric Carmen ever did uh, as the lead singer of the Raspberries, but uh, I've always liked it. And, uh, yeah, it does have a bit of a special place in my heart because of that, so that's my number three good. Happy with that. Mr. Fine. Oh, this is quite unique for me. Number two, bad. I'm assuming, I don't know what it sounds like because I couldn't find it. I couldn't get it. Oh. On on YouTube, I looked it up. I looked, tried a few different ways. I just don't know how to get this song up. Well, which one? Which means "Morning" by the Heli Orchestra. Oh yeah, I know. I couldn't find that either, and I don't remember it at all. <laughs> you know, if I looked up on the internet tonight, a naked Siamese twin dwarf playing bagpipes, <laughs> whilst having inappropriate relations with an echidna, I could find it. Yep, absolutely. There's several of but them. But I can't find Morning by the Howley Orchestra, <laughs> which means it couldn't be great. Couldn't be too – there couldn't be much to it. I um, I don't remember it at all, and I did the same thing. I looked for it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you, finding. I don't know anything about that, so I can't throw any light whatsoever on that one. Yeah, you know. I mean, everything – you could you could get – a monkey to tap the keys of a keyboard, press search, and something will come up. Yeah. But yeah. you can't get mourning by the Howley Orchestra. And so, there's probably a good reason for it. So that goes in my bad yep. because it doesn't exist. My number two, good. So I've got a few playlists at work, and by coincidence, today when I was looking at the chart during a quiet period in the shop, mm. This song came on, and I realised it was in the chart. So I thought, well, if it was good enough for me to put in my own one of my own playlists, it's sort of an easy listening playlist. But I quite like it. So it's Guitar Man. Oh, by Bread, yeah, good song. Yeah, I like. So bread. that's my number two. Good. I like Bread. Always like. I like ninety nine point nine percent of the stuff that Bread did. I love. Um, I thought David Gates a really talented songwriter, and really talented singer. They're a good band. I used to. Their best of albums are an absolute ripper. And quite, I listened to it. Nice voice. Oh yeah, David Gates got a really nice voice. Um, yeah, yeah, and can and can sing something a little boppier than that too. But no, guitar man's a guitar man's a good good song. Right, Brian, you got to give me two bads here. You're three and two bad because you've given me your three and two good. Now, Kev, as you can tell, I'm delusional. I'm I'm out of I'm out of shape. <laughs> I my doctor told me you oh. can't. Rock and roll tonight, and I said, no, I don't care how sick and how crook I am, I'm not going to let down our rock and roll fans. Hence, I haven't done the preparation I should have. So, can <laughs> about uh, number 32, please. Oh, hang on. I've got to have a look at this this pink thing in front of me and go to number 32, oh, which is bus. yeah, Johnny Chester. Baby's coming Good home choice. on the midnight bus. Yeah, Look, that's an awful song. I'm sorry, Johnny. I loved some of your work. You're a great singer. 
you're a lovely bloke, but this is not your best work, Johnny. And that's why you make it as my number three worst song. Yep. I'll tell you something about that song. Yeah. I, I looked it up. It's by, it was written by a guy called John Loudermilk. John D. Loudermilk, yep. He's a prick. He's not. That would have to be the worst written song of all. That is the laziest, some of the laziest lyrics I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm sitting on a midnight bus, me and my girl, we had a fuss. Really? <laughs> Were you in oh. grade three when you wrote that, mate? <laughs> uh, churning them out. Churning them out. Yeah. Uh, Terrible. Yeah. Good choice there, Brian. His second song, his second song that he put out, um, C, C Spot Jump, <laughs> Dick Airy, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, right, Kev. Yes. Number 25. Number 25 is Rock Me Baby by John Farnham. It was also a hit for David Cassidy. Mm. But that was the... Barnum version. Yeah. That's going to have to be my number one good then. Or what? Rock Me Baby by John Farnham? Yeah, actually, I got, I got a lot of enjoyment out of that when it came out. Really? And I like it better than David Cassidy. Well, I'm just learning to play the guitar and, you know, with the Okay. Uh, and there's a. Come here, Got a little bit of funky vibe about it. Yeah. Um, look, I didn't think I'd pick it as number one, but um, the way the cards have fallen out tonight, that's that's my number one. Good. Okay. All right. Well, you still got two bads to give me. Uh, my number two bad is uh, a bit related to your uh, bad one that you've just given there, Brian, with Johnny Chester. Johnny Chester's band was Jigsaw, and Jigsaw had quite a few hits. Um, unfortunately, one of them was a thing called Mademoiselle Nanette, um, which was number 33 on this chart, just under Johnny Chester, which is where they should have been. Actually, they should have been under the midnight bus um, because <laughs> Mademoiselle Nanette is just bloody awful. Mad. It sounds like a um, sounds like a tea party song, one of those things where you, you sort of clink your little tea cups to it, uh, just uh, ridiculous lyrics, r- oh, oh, shocking melody and uh, – they didn't. They didn't kill it, but uh, it should never have been allowed to have any life in it whatsoever. So um, they they get it. they're bleeding all over the floor. Yeah, no, it's awful. It's awful, Mademoiselle Nanette. Very, very, very ordinary song. I think it was a cover version of something else, but it just was awful. My number two good. Well, uh, I have to I have to agree with you. Uh, Slade should be in there, and I think it's been in the previous list that I did. Uh, and T-Rex should be in there. Children of the Revolution is just a great song. Um, I'm going to put Slade in just ahead of, uh, of Children of the Revolution for that one, but, and, and, and T-Rex is not going to make my number one spot, but Slade gets that number two spot with Mum or All Crazy Now because I just I love Slade. They were just the best band. Right, Afiny, what do we got? All right, well, I can save you because at number one good is T-Rex. Ah, good man. I mean, I love T-Rex, so you're not, you're not going to have to twist my arm to put them in the top three, but in this fairly pedestrian chart, they comfortably jump number one to me. Yep. Good song, Children of the Revolution. Got a bit yeah. of balls to it as well. Get a bit of grunt. 
Very sad. Uh, very sad. Mark, know, Mark Boland dying. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Never quite know what then he again, might have done, but yeah. Yeah. Well, then again, seeing what everybody else did in glam rock, I'm glad that he's not tainted with that brush. Yeah, that's Seems true. To be rather a, a tawdry, tawdry group of performers. Just they had uh, T Rex had a lot of hits when you when you go through and, and oh, they were great. Oh, they had a they, lot of hits, a lot of and uh, and some good songs like Ride the White Swan and that that weren't hit singles that got a lot of yeah, airplay. Oh, good songs, good band. Great, great, really got the. Turned glam rock into, you know, made made sense of glam rock and just some really good songs. I yeah. really like T Rex. Yep, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. What's your weren't, bad one? On my ra- weren't on my radar as a youngster, but as I got older, I found the pod. Oh, really? You didn't you didn't like it when you were a kid? I was too young. To, oh, I was okay. too young then. You know. I was only but a tacker. I, I worked with several radio people who desperately wanted to be Mark Boland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the look, the the whole thing, they just desperately wanted to yeah. be Mark Boland. So, yeah, number one bad. It was always going to happen, but finally it's happened to me that the number 40 song on the chart is my number one bad. Oh, hang on. Oh. Now, I mean, this is the most embarrassingly stupid song of all time. What it's doing in a chart, I don't know. But I listened to it, and at least Nat and I had a good laugh, mainly at my expense. It's by some bird called Pat Kelly. It's called Father. Mm. It's one of those things that F, I I can actually remember them, F is for the face (laughs) that we love so dearly. (laughs) A is what was A for? Asshole. No, A no. is for the something. T is for the troubles that he hides so well. Oh. Interesting father. <laughs> um, e was for the earnings that he shared with the family. Oh, God. What was the H for? A harem that H, he has on the H side. Was, I can't remember <laughs> what the H was for. Um, for. For the hookers that he has on the side that mum doesn't know about. Yeah, well, then R was for respect that oh. he gets from all of us. Um, I think H is for the hero that he is to us all. Oh, God, I'm going to vomit. And then, and then I sort of had enough of listening to this ridiculous song, and then she goes, Father, of to my dear father, or as I call him, Dad. And then Natalie goes, D is for the dick that he swings in front of us. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, at least you and Ned got to laugh at him. He is when he's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and D's for the dildo I use when he's not home. <laughs> Good to see some creative uh, input happening there in the fine household. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't marry an angel, but she is funny. Yes, very good. Right, O'Brien, you owe me two bad ones. What do you got? And now for some culture. Oh, good. About time. Where'd you go? Uh, no, no, no. I'll just listen to the disgraceful dialogue between you two there. It's just absolutely okay. I'm really disappointed I was not more on my game because hmm. I should have put No by Bulldog in as one of my favourite songs. That's a good thing. song. Yeah, it's a great idea. No, what a thing to say. She just said no. Yeah. I'm the man. I was looking for an out of fun, but she said no. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a good science. Two, two, two of the blokes in that band, Dino and I forget the other bloke's name, were in The Young Rascals. So that, good little – good little. they never had, did anything else. I think there was a little side project that they did. And um, it was good. I really liked No by Bulldog. It was a good song. Yeah, I was a bit of a fan of that. Um, I think we're going to put uh, only two bad ones from me. Mm-hmm. You're a lady. Oh, God, it's an awful song. Um, man. You're supposed to. It's kind of patronising, isn't it? Understand. Because she's a lady. She's supposed to understand him. Oh, not much compromise there, is there? <laughs> but, yeah, we'll put that in the thing. And, um, well, you can't beat number six as the worst song on the entire chart. Which Mark Fine does a sensational version of. It's the Muppet version. It is a nonsensical piece of crap, isn't it? But you know what my big thing with that is? It's by a band called Hot Butter, Popcorn. Yeah. So the only other single they could release would be Corn on the Cob. Yeah. Because I can't think of anything else to have hot butter with. Yeah, exactly right. Or maybe muffin. Oh, they yeah. Would. That would have been good. They could have done muffin. The muffin would Hot have... butter on a muffin. Yep. But the butter is sort of cold and then it, it melts. It is a just – it is or a mate, I, I'm lobster. I, I don't mind, like, melted butter on lobster. Yeah, that's nice. I like melted butter on crumpets. Yeah. Crumpets and yeah. muffins and hot butter yeah. on crumpets. Oh, we sex talk, you know, the crumpets, oh, the muffins, you know. Have you, have you seen Last Tango in Paris? That's exactly where I was about to go then, finally. <laughs> I was about to say, we're not doing a Marlon Brando impersonation here, Maddox. We're just we're keeping it nice. Uh, I, you know what I always wondered about that scene? Oh, God, don't. <laughs> I've always wondered. What yeah. happened? The last Why tango in Paris do, scene. Doesn't he do something with the butter? Well, and, well, well Brian, Brian, let, and the muffin. Let, let fight. Let no muffins involved. Go on, Finey. Was it salted or unsalted? Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have to ask. Because having European parents, I was sort of brought up on unsalted butter. Yes, I'm sure you were. <laughs> now, <laughs> there you I go. Think, so, I think salted butter would have. Would sting. Yeah, well, I don't. You, I don't know, Finey. And why would you ask Brian or I that? I think if you put the to pep- help with to help with my emergency sprinkler <laughs> in my room. Yeah, we're going to leave yeah. you to find that one out. You don't want that chili butter. No, you don't go down no. there. No, and don't go for the nut licks, Even though I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> my number. Th- the one, uh, good and bad. Let's have a look here. Uh, oh, look, any number of songs could slip into number one. I, I really don't like Donny Osmond's Too Young. That's just an awful song. Nana Muscuri, mm. uh, Four and Twenty Hours, is just bloody awful. Lieutenant Pigeon is an equally dreadful, dreadful bloody song. Oh, Moldy Old Yeah. Just an awful song. I think I've given it a serve. Um, old on a previous, yeah, it's, it's like the old, you know, the old piano accordion. What do you call it? The old roller piano thing, and then moldy old do. No, very awful, very ordinary. Um, yeah, so I will, I will give it to 
Um, Richard Harris, number ten. Yeah. Too many cross. Too many was it? Too many saviors on my cross, or too many crosses on my savior? So uh, there's too many saviors on my cross. It's apparently. Yeah. Uh, I was reading about it today. It's apparently something to do with Northern Ireland. And uh, look, from a performance point of view. He doesn't do anything wrong. He, he's got a beautiful speaking voice. But talk songs don't travel like father. Talk songs don't travel well in, in the tyranny of time. There's very few. Well, we, we, we taught Telly Savalas the new one a couple yes. of weeks ago. Yes. Talk songs do not travel well. At the time you go, right, Desiderata, good idea, great, let's do it. All right, don't play it to me six months later because it's not going to work. They don't travel well. And uh, Richard should have left the cake out in the rain uh, and left it there and just dined off that one for a while. So he gets my number one, too many saviours on my cross. It's not not some sort of deeply religious um, Catholic song that you remember, is it, Brian? Well, no, I think, I think what you're saying here, Kev, if I can uh, sum up your words, is mm-hmm. there's too many crosses on this song. Yes, too many. I've got one big one on it, so there you go. And my number one good, uh, I mean, T-Rex is a great song. Uh, Caddy's Ginger Man's a really good song. Um, I mentioned Slade. Uh, uh, Helen Reddy's I Am Woman is in there, which is, you know, all-important song. Rod Stewart, I love I love You Wear It Well by Rod Stewart. I love Crocodile Rock by Elton John when it first came out. I don't, I don't, I'm not fond of it now to hear, but when it first came out, yeah, it did. I- out of it and it ruined it, but it was great. Yeah, when it came in. oh, it was a terrific. You were you were well, it was a terrific song too. But my, but I had such a massive crush on this woman. I just absolutely adored this woman. I thought she was the sexy. I talk a lot about um, Karen Carpenter and Mama Cass Elliot's voice melting me because of their voices. But this woman, I thought, was just so sexy, so gorgeous, and I I loved her. I thought she was terrific. Carly Simon's "I've Got to Have You" is my number one song, the number twelve song. On that chart, I just I, I adored her, and I thought she could sing really, really well, and still a striking woman today. She's was that on the uh, No Secrets album, Kev? No, I don't think it was. From the from my memory, it's it, it wasn't the No Secrets album with the one with the the blue top on uh, and the uh, and the big hat. Um, one of the uh, best album Beth, covers ever invented. But. Her 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 bosoms yeah. were magnificent. There's no no other way, no nice way to say it. She just. Are you still talking about her? We on anonymous story. <laughs> yeah, no, we moved she on. She had a beautiful pair of anonymous story <laughs> of glasses. It's yes, exactly right. Horn rimmed, I do believe. Well, she none of none of went all right. None of was. You know what? You know what? Take her glasses off. Pull it. Pull her hair back. Yeah. Yeah. Put her in some lemon. And back in the day, not now, is she still alive? I don't know. No, she's passed uh, off. I'm not sure. So she left us before we got a chance to take her glasses off. Give yeah, a little look- and grab her up, dress her up in leopard skin. Oh, oh God. Fish but stockings. With suspenders. Yeah, she could, she could have, you know what? She could have played the ballroom. I've got a, I've, I've decided in the sex room I'm going to have a ballroom. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I yeah. thought that would have gone without saying. Correct. Well, she, she could play in the ballroom. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Selection of songs. Um, yes. 
Yeah. With a hole in my bucket. (laughs) 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 Let's, God, don't open that thing where we're going to start talking about the songs that get played in your sex room. (laughs) We will be be literally run out of town. Um, We've come to the end of this one. We're going to do one next week. So we'll save all that Christmas stuff up for next week. Fair enough. Sure. So no, no chart next week. What the the uh, and I'll I'll make sure I send you you both a, a reminder about this. But um, your best Christmas present received and given. So the best one you've got and the best one you've given. Your best Christmas movie and your worst Christmas movie. You can have more than one. And your best and worst Christmas songs. That's what we'll do instead of a chart next week. All right. Well. I apologise to you and Farney and all my listeners, but what for I this get, time? Well, I just <laughs> today, like you know, I was nearly falling asleep during the show. It's, oh well, thanks for that. It's been a big couple of days for me, and um, I'm glad we've got the Christmas show next week because. I would want to finish the year on this. Yes. Well, come dressed as your favourite Christmas character, please, Brian, and uh, find him all the same. I shall indeed, Mr. Kev. All right. Uh, have a lovely week, boys, and I'll talk to you next week when we'll ho-ho-ho into another episode of uh, Rock and Roll. Until then, That take- would be a great Christmas present. Ho-ho-ho. <laughs> ho Ho-ho. Hi. Right. Beautiful. Thank you, boys. Have a good week. See ya. The show's getting sexy. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And now for some culture.